Good evening. Welcome to the Just Sleep Podcast. I'm Tasha, your host. Every week, I will read you an old story to help you relax, put the stressful day behind you, and drift off to sleep. Occasionally, we will run ads in order to cover the costs of the production of the podcast. Rest assured, there will be no ads during or after the story. If you prefer an ad-free and intro-free show, you can join Just Sleep Premium. Visit justsleeppodcast.com slash support for more information. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Tonight, I will be reading The Aesop for Children. So lie down, close your eyes, and let me read you a story. The Wolf and the Kid There was once a little kid whose growing horns made him think he was a grown-up billy goat unable to take care of himself. So one evening, when the flock started home from the pasture and his mother called, 
the kid paid no heed and kept right on nibbling the tender grass. A little later, when he lifted his head, the flock was gone. He was all alone. The sun was sinking. Low shadows came creeping over the ground. A chilly little wind came creeping with them, making scary noises in the grass. The kid shivered as he thought of the terrible wolf. Then he started wildly over the field, bleating for his mother. But not halfway, near a clump of trees, there was the wolf. The kid knew there was little hope for him. Please, Mr. Wolf, he said trembling. I know you're going to eat me, but first, please pipe me a tune, for I want to dance and be merry as long as I can. The wolf liked the idea of a little music before eating, so he struck up a merry tune, and the kid leaped and frisked gaily. Meanwhile, the flock was slowly moving homeward. In the still evening air, the wolf's piping carried far. The shepherd dogs pricked up their ears. They recognized the song the wolf sings before a feast, and in a moment they were racing back to the pasture. The wolf's song ended suddenly, and as he ran with the dogs at his heels, he called himself a fool for turning piper to please a kid, when he should have stuck to his butcher's trade. Do not let anything turn you from your purpose. The Tortoise and the Ducks The tortoise, you know, carries his house on his back. No matter how hard he tries, he cannot leave home. They say that Jupiter punished him because he was such a lazy stay-at-home that he would not go to Jupiter's wedding, even when especially invited. After many years, Tortoise began to wish he had gone to that wedding. When he saw how gaily the birds flew about and how the hare and the chipmunk and all the other animals ran nimbly by, always eager to see everything there was to be seen, the tortoise felt very sad and discontented. He wanted to see the world too. And there he was with a house on his back and little short legs that could hardly drag him along. One day, he met a pair of ducks and told them all his trouble. We can help you see the world, said the ducks. Take hold of this stick with your teeth and we will carry you far up into the air where you can see the whole countryside. But keep quiet or you will be sorry. The tortoise was very glad indeed. He seized the stick firmly with his teeth. The two ducks took hold of it, one at each end, and away they sailed up toward the clouds. Just then, a crow flew by. He was very much astonished at the strange sight and cried, This must surely be the king of tortoises. Why, certainly, began the tortoise. But as he opened his mouth to say these foolish words, he lost his hold on the stick, and down he fell to the ground where he was dashed to pieces on a rock. Foolish curiosity and vanity often lead to misfortune. Belling the Cat The mice once called a meeting to decide on a plan to free themselves of their enemy, the cat. At least 
They wished to find some way of knowing when she was coming, so they might have time to run away. Indeed, something had to be done, for they lived so much in constant fear of her claws that they hardly dared stir from their dens by night or day. Many plans were discussed, but none of them was thought good enough. At last, a very young mouse got up and said, I have a plan that seems very simple, but I know it will be successful. All we have to do is to hang a bell about the cat's neck. When we hear the bell ringing, we will know immediately that our enemy is coming. All the mice were much surprised that they had not thought of such a plan before. But in the midst of the rejoicing over their good fortune, an old mouse arose and said, I will say that the plan of the young mouse is very good. But let me ask one question. Who will bell the cat? It is one thing to say that something should be done, but quite a different matter to do it. The Wolf and the Crane A wolf had been feasting too greedily, and a bone had stuck crosswise in his throat. He could get it neither up nor down, and of course, he could not eat a thing. Naturally, that was an awful state of affairs for a greedy wolf. So away he hurried to the crane. He was sure that she, with her long neck and bill, would easily be able to reach the bone and pull it out. I will reward you very handsomely, said the wolf, if you pull that bone out for me. The crane, as you can imagine, was very uneasy about putting her head in a wolf's throat. But she was grasping in nature, so she did what the wolf asked her to do. When the wolf felt that the bone was gone, he started to walk away. But what about my reward, called the crane, anxiously. What? snarled the wolf, whirling around. Haven't you got it? Isn't it enough that I let you take your head out of my mouth without snapping it off? Expect no reward for serving the wicked. The Sheep and the Pig One day a shepherd discovered a fat pig in the meadow where his sheep were pastured. He very quickly captured the porker, which squealed at the top of its voice the moment the shepherd laid his hands on it. You would have thought, to hear the loud squealing, that the pig was being cruelly hurt. But in spite of its squeals and struggles to escape, the shepherd tucked his prize under his arm and started off to the butchers in the marketplace. The sheep in the pasture were much astonished and amused at the pig's behaviour and followed the shepherd and his charge to the pasture gate. What makes you squeal like that? asked one of the sheep. The shepherd often catches and carries one of us off. But we should feel very much ashamed to make such a terrible fuss about it like you do. That is all very well, replied the pig with a squeal and a frantic kick. When he catches you, he is only after your wool, but he wants my bacon. It is easy to be brave when there is no danger. The Owl and the Grasshopper The owl always takes her sleep during the day, then after sundown,
when the rosy light fades from the sky and the shadows rise slowly through the wood. Out she comes, ruffling and blinking from the old hollow tree. Now her weird hoo-hoo-hoo echoes through the quiet wood, and she begins her hunt for the bugs and beetles, frogs and mice she likes so well to eat. Now there was a certain old owl who had become very cross and hard to please as she grew older, especially if anything disturbed her daily slumbers. One warm summer afternoon, as she dozed away in her den in the old oak tree, a grasshopper nearby began a joyous but very raspy song. Out popped the old owl's head from the opening in the tree that served her both for door and for window. Get away from here, sir, she said to the grasshopper. Have you no manners? You should at least respect my age and leave me to sleep in quiet. But the grasshopper answered saucily that he had as much right to his place in the sun as the owl had to her place in the old oak. Then he struck up a louder and still more rasping tune. The wise old owl knew quite well that it would do no good to argue with the grasshopper, nor with anybody else for that matter. Besides, her eyes were not sharp enough by day to permit her to punish the grasshopper as he deserved. So she laid aside all hard words and spoke very kindly to him. Well, sir, she said, if I must stay awake, I'm going to settle right down to enjoying your singing. Now that I think of it, I have a wonderful wine here, sent me from Olympus, of which I am told Apollo drinks before he sings to the high gods. Please come up and taste this delicious drink with me. I know it will make you sing like Apollo himself. The foolish grasshopper was taken in by the owl's flattering words. Up he jumped to the owl's den, but as soon as he was near enough so the old owl could see him clearly, she pounced upon him and ate him up. Do not let flattery throw you off your guard against an enemy. The Monkey and the Cat Once upon a time, a cat and a monkey lived as pets in the same house. They were great friends and were constantly in all sorts of mischief together. What they seemed to think of more than anything else was to get something to eat, and it did not matter much to them how they got it. One day they were sitting by the fire, watching some chestnuts roasting on the hearth. How to get them was the question. I would gladly get them, said the cunning monkey. But you are much more skillful at such things than I am. Pull them out, and I'll divide them between us. The cat stretched her paw very carefully, pushed aside some of the cinders, and drew back her paw very quickly. Then she tried it again, this time pulling a chestnut half out of the fire. A third time, and she drew out the chestnut. This performance she went through several times, each time singeing her paw severely. As fast as she pulled the chestnuts out of the fire, the monkey ate them up. Now the master came in, and away scampered the rascals, the cat with a burnt paw and no chestnuts. From that time on, they say, she contented herself with mice and rats, and had little to do with the monkey.
the flatterer, seek some benefit at your expense. The Astrologer A man who lived a long time ago believed that he could read the future and the stars. He called himself an astrologer and spent his time at night gazing at the sky. One evening, he was walking along the open road outside the village. His eyes were fixed on the stars. He thought he saw there that the end of the world was at hand, when all at once, down he went into a hole full of mud and water. There he stood up to his ears in the muddy water, and madly clawing at the slippery sides of the hole in his effort to climb out. His cries for help soon brought the villagers running. As they pulled him out of the mud, one of them said, You pretend to read the future in the stars, and yet you fail to see what is at your feet. This may teach you to pay more attention to what is right in front of you, and let the future take care of itself. What use is it, said another, to read the stars when you can't see what's right here on earth? Take care of the little things and the big things will take care of themselves. The Old Lion and the Fox An old lion whose teeth and claws were so worn that it was not so easy for him to get food as in his younger days, pretended that he was sick. He took care to let all his neighbors know about it, and then lay down in his cave to wait for visitors. And when they came to offer their sympathy to him, he ate them up, one by one. The fox came too, but he was very cautious about it. Standing at a safe distance from the cave, he inquired politely after the lion's health. The lion replied that he was very ill indeed, and asked the fox to step in for a moment. But Master Fox very wisely stayed outside, thanking the lion very kindly. For the invitation. I should be glad to do as you ask, he added, but I have noticed that there are many footprints leading into your cave and none coming out. Pray tell me, how do your visitors find their way out again? Take warning from the misfortunes of others. The Milkmaid and Her Pail a milkmaid had been out to milk the cows and was returning from the field with a shining milk pail balanced nicely on her head. As she walked along, her pretty head was busy with plans for the days to come. This good rich milk, she mused, will give me plenty of cream to churn. The butter I make I will take to market, and with the money I get for it, I will buy a lot of eggs for hatching. How nice it will be when they're all hatched and the yard is full of fine young chicks. Then when May Day comes, I will sell them, and with the money I'll buy a lovely new dress to wear to the fair. All the young men will look at me. They will come and try to make love to me, but I shall very quickly send them about their business. As she thought of how she should settle that matter, she tossed her head scornfully, and down fell the pail of milk to the ground. And all the milk flowed out, and with it, Vanished butter, and eggs, and chicks, and new dress, and all the milkmaid's pride. Do not count.
count your chickens before they are hatched. The Wolf and the House Dog There was once a wolf who got very little to eat because the dogs of the village were so wide awake and watchful. He was really nothing but skin and bones and it made him very downhearted to think of it. One night, this wolf happened to fall in with a fine, fat house dog who'd wandered a little too far from home. The wolf would gladly have eaten him then and there, but the house dog looked strong enough to leave his marks should he try it. So the wolf spoke very humbly to the dog, complimenting him on his fine appearance. You can be as well-fed as I am if you want, replied the dog. Leave the woods. There you live miserably. Why, you have to fight hard for every bite you get. Follow my example and you will get along beautifully. What must I do? asked the wolf. Hardly anything, answered the house dog. Chase people who carry canes, bark at beggars, and fawn on the people of the house. In return, you will get tidbits of every kind, chicken bones, choice bits of meat, sugar, cake, and much more beside not to speak of kind words and caresses. The wolf had such a beautiful vision of his coming happiness that he almost wept. But just then he noticed that the hair on the dog's neck was worn and the skin was chafed. What is that on your neck? Nothing at all, replied the dog. What, nothing? Oh, just a trifle. Please, tell me. Perhaps you see the mark of the collar to which my chain is fastened. What? A chain? cried the wolf. Don't you go wherever you please? Not always. But what's the difference? replied the dog. All the difference in the world. I don't care a rap for your feasts, and I wouldn't take all the tender young lambs in the world at that price. And away ran the wolf to the woods. There's nothing worth so much as liberty. The Fox and the Pheasants One moonlight evening, as Master Fox was taking his usual stroll in the woods, he saw a number of pheasants perched quite out of his reach on a limb of a tall old tree. The sly fox soon found a bright patch of moonlight where the pheasants could see him clearly. There he raised himself up on his hind legs and began a wild dance. First he whirled round and round like a top, Then he hopped up and down, cutting all sorts of strange capers. The pheasants stared giddily. They hardly dared blink for fear of losing him out of their sight a single instant. Now the fox made as if to climb a tree. Now he fell over and lay still, playing dead. And the next instant he was hopping on all fours, his back in the air and his bushy tail shaking so that it seemed to throw out silver sparks in the moonlight. By this time, the poor bird's heads were in a whirl, and when the fox began his performance all over again, so dazed did they become that they lost their hold on the limb and fell down, one by one, to the fox. Too much attention to danger may cause us to fall victim to it. The dog and his reflection. 
a dog to whom the butcher had thrown a bone, was hurrying home with his prize as fast as he could go. As he crossed a narrow footbridge, he happened to look down and saw himself reflected in the quiet water as if in a mirror. But the greedy dog thought he saw a real dog carrying a bone much bigger than his own. If he had stopped to think, he would have known better. But instead of thinking, he dropped his bone and sprang at the dog in the river, only to find himself swimming for dear life to reach the shore. At last, he managed to scramble out, and as he stood sadly thinking about the good bone he had lost, he realized what a stupid dog he had been. It is very foolish to be greedy. The Bees and Wasps and the Hornet A store of honey had been found in a hollow tree, and the wasps declared positively that it belonged to them. The bees were just as sure that the treasure was theirs. The argument grew very pointed, and it looked as if the affair could not be settled without a battle, when at last, with much good sense, they agreed to let a judge decide the matter. So they brought the case before the hornet, justice of the peace in that part of the woods. When the judge called the case, witnesses declared that they had seen certain winged creatures in the neighborhood of the hollow tree, who hummed loudly, and whose bodies were striped yellow and black like bees. Counsel for the wasps immediately insisted that this description fitted his clients exactly. Such evidence did not help Judge Hornet to make a decision, so he adjourned court for six weeks to give him time to think it over. When the case came up again, both sides had a large number of witnesses. An aunt was first to take the stand and was about to be cross-examined when a wise old bee addressed the court. Your Honour, he said, the case has now been pending for six weeks. If it is not decided soon, the honey will not be fit for anything. I move that the bees and wasps be both instructed to build a honeycomb. Then we shall soon see to whom the honey really belongs. The wasps protested loudly. Wise Judge Hornet quickly understood why they did so. They knew they could not build a honeycomb and fill it with honey. It is clear, said the judge, who made the comb and who could not have made it. The honey belongs to the bees. Ability proves itself by deeds. The Cat and the old rat. There was once a cat who was so watchful that a mouse hardly dared show the tip of his whiskers for fear of being eaten alive. That cat seemed to be everywhere at once with his claws all ready for a pounce. At last, the mice kept so closely to their dens that the cat saw he would have to use his wits well to catch one. So one day, he climbed up on a shelf and hung from it head downward as if he were dead, holding himself up by clinging to some ropes with one paw. When the mice peeped out and saw him in that position, they thought that he had been hung up there in punishment for some misdeed. Very timidly at first, they stuck out their heads and sniffed about carefully. But as nothing stirred, 
all trooped joyfully out to celebrate the death of the cat. Just then, the cat let go his hold, and before the mice recovered from their surprise, he had made an end of three or four. Now the mice kept more strictly at home than ever, but the cat, who was still hungry for mice, knew more tricks than one. Rolling himself in flour until he was completely covered, he lay down in the flour bin with one eye open for the mice. Sure enough, the mice soon began to come out. To the cat, it was almost as if he had already had a plump young mouse under his claws, and an old rat, who had had much experience with cats and traps, and had even lost a part of his tail to pay for it, sat up at a safe distance from a hole in the wall where he lived. Take care, he cried. That may be a heap of meal, but it looks to me very much like the cat. Whatever it is, it is wisest to keep a safe distance. The wise do not let themselves be tricked a second time. The wolf, the kid, and the goat. Mother goat was going to market one morning to get provisions for her household, which consisted of but one little kid and herself. Take good care of the house, my son, she said to the kid, as she carefully latched the door. Do not let anyone in, unless he gives you this password. Down with the wolf and all of his race. Strangely enough, a wolf was lurking near and heard about what the goat had said. So soon as Mother Goat was out of sight, up he trotted through the door and knocked. Down with the wolf and all of his race said the wolf softly. It was the right password, but when the kid peeped through a crack in the door and saw the shadowy figure outside, he did not feel at all easy. Show me a white paw, he said, or I won't let you in. A white paw, of course, is a feature few wolves can show, and so the wolf had to go away as hungry as he had come. You can never be too sure, said the kid, when he saw the wolf making off to the woods. Two sureties are better than one. Hercules and the Wagoner A farmer was driving his wagon along a miry country road after a heavy rain. The horses could hardly drag the load through the deep mud, and at last came to a standstill when one of the wheels sank to the hub in a rut. The farmer climbed down from his seat and stood beside the wagon, looking at it, but without making the least effort to get it out of the rut. All he did was to curse his bad luck and called loudly on Hercules to come to his aid. Then, it is said, Hercules really did appear, saying, Put your shoulder to the wheel, man, and urge on your horses. Do you think you can move the wagon by simply looking at it and whining about it? Hercules will not help unless you make some effort to help yourself. And when the farmer put his shoulder to the wheel and urged on the horses, the wagon moved very readily, and soon the farmer was riding along in great content and with a good lesson learned. Self-help is the best help. The Gnat 
and the bull. A gnat flew over the meadow with much buzzing for so small a creature and settled on the tip of one of the horns of a bull. After he had rested a short time, he made ready to fly away again. But before he left, he begged the bull's pardon for having used his horn for a resting place. You must be very glad to have me go now, he said. It's all the same to me, replied the bull. I did not even know you were there. We are often of greater importance in our own eyes than in the eyes of our neighbor. The Ants and the Grasshopper One bright day in late autumn, a family of ants were bustling about in the warm sunshine, drying out the grain they had stored up during the summer, when a starving grasshopper, his fiddle under his arm, came up and humbly begged for a bite to eat. What? cried the ants in surprise. Haven't you stored anything away for the winter? What in the world were you doing all last summer? I didn't have time to store up any food, whined the grasshopper. I was so busy making music that before I knew it, the summer was gone. The ants shrugged their shoulders in disgust. Making music were you? They cried. Very well. Now dance. And they turned their backs on the grasshopper and went on with their work. There's a time for work and a time for play. Good night.